Welcome to the Here's Hope Project, where your story creates hope. I'm Sarah Jane, and in today's episode, we will be talking with Bree Ward, who has a daughter named Kylie, and she has been diagnosed with heart failure, pulmonary hypertension, and restrictive cardiomyopathy, which requires a heart transplant. So we will be talking today about some difficult decisions that she's had to make along the course of her journey, uh, and how she goes about preparing to make those decisions. And then we'll also be talking about what self-care looks like, uh, about how she finds time to recharge. Uh, so this will be a great conversation and you will want to stay until the end, trust me. Uh, but with all of that being said, let's go meet Brie. Cause it's here where we lay in my blanket of despair Where I'm weak but I'm strong and black smoke fills the air Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, yeah, so listen, I guess I know that things have been kind of busy and stressful this past month, and Kylie's in the hospital right now. So I can't thank you enough for just taking the time to just come on and hang out with me today. So thanks. Oh, no problem. Thanks. Thank you for reaching out to me. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, so I met you about a year or a year and a half ago, I actually came across a news segment that they did with you in Mississippi and just fell in love. And I just have to say right off the bat, and for anyone that's listening, that you are a super mom, like a superhero <laughs> of a mom. Kylie is so lucky to have you. And I think it's just amazing what you, like as a parent, have been able to overcome these past eight years because she's eight now, right? Yeah, she is eight. And thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Because, I mean, you had you had Kylie when you were 16 years old. And so you really had to grow up fast. It's not just like the, re like the responsibility of just be being a teen mom, but you had this additional responsibility and all these other roles uh, because you had a child or Kylie has congenital heart defects. And so you just entered this complex kind of medical world and you had all these other responsibilities to kind of take on. And not only that, I mean, now you have another daughter, Camry. Mm -hmm. uh, you're a single parent. And I think uh, you still have, you have a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you have time for this. And you're in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we have a lot to talk about when it comes to self-care. Uh, but before we get into this whole discussion, I'd really like people to just kind of get to know you and Kylie a bit. Can you maybe take a minute to, I don't just talk about your story a bit. Yeah, so yeah, uh, thanks for inviting me. Um, I enjoy very much uh, giving testimony to Kylie's story. Um, and yeah, I had her at 16 years old, um, very, very, very young age, was not ready um, for a child at the time, but um, you have to do what you have to do. And so I had her at 16, um, I went full term, full 40 weeks. Nope, she wasn't premature, nothing of that sort. Um, went to every doctor's appointment um, that I attended. Everything seemed fine. Ultrasound seemed fine. Um, and at one week old, my mom was changing her pull well, her diaper at the time. And she completely just stopped breathing on us. Um, my mom immediately started CPR. 
um, she's CPR certified. And I immediately went into panic because at, at this age, I'm 16, of course, I'm, I'm not expecting anything but just what I see other teen moms go through, what I see other regular moms go through. I'm not really thinking what could possibly, like, what could be going on. I'm thinking what could be going on? What did I do? I'm starting to blame myself. Did I do something wrong? Did my mom do something wrong? Um, and honestly, it had nothing to do with us at all. She was diagnosed with congenital heart disease. Um, and they said that she needed to have uh, emergency um, open heart surgery. So we was shipped, we were sent to New Orleans Children's Hospital in New Orleans and we went, they put her on ECMO because she was very, very, very sick. And because she was so small, they had to kind of get everything situated um, in the meantime of me going through all of this with Kylie, I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, I'm, I'm very much in a depressed state. Um, so, but but thanks to God, she's she's had our first open heart surgery is at, at two two weeks old, and then after that surgery, she went and had another open heart surgery um, because of fluid built up around her heart and around her lungs, and then she got another surgery done because she had two holes in her heart. And then after that, she got out of the hospital. Um, she spent her whole first year of life in the hospital. So um, walking, talking was very much delayed um, until like the following year. Um, and she started, we started kind of getting back to normal stuff, but she easily gets sick. So we went in and out the hospital the entire time. Like the entire, she, she like, Going to the hospital is like nothing to us at this point. Um, and then we went in 2021, 2022. Um, we had discovered, we went to a regular doctor's checkup in New Orleans for a cardiologist appointment. And they said that she needs to have a, a heart transplant. We was told we have a few months to hurry up and get stuff situated. We had to get in contact with the insurance company, um, with the cardiologist, and we was told that we needed to go and stay in Houston, Texas, so she could go to the hospital out there, which is called Texas Children's. And ever since then, that's been our journey. We, we kind of keep everybody updated with what's been going on. She gladly never had to have the heart transplant. Um, it was very much a miracle. Um, and then like, we're here now, we're here at home and she's thriving and pushing forward. And yeah, it's, it's been a journey. Did you, you're home now? I thought you were still in the hospital and you're home with Kylie. I'm home now. And Kylie is too. Kylie is home now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was still in the hospital. I watched a Facebook live that you did a few days ago. Um, and you were talking about how, she was on milrinone for that helps her heart function and that she needed, she was being weaned off of that. Um, yes. So she was on milrinone, um, which is a medicine that's supposed to keep you stable. Um, I was not told that it would possibly make her feel better than what she did feel, but um, it actually did make her feel better. And we was able to kind of pro progress off, off of the milrinone. Um, and we were told that we can possibly go home. So you so, must have just gotten home then. Yes. Yeah. Well, congrats. Welcome home. <laughs>
Yeah, because she was in the hospital since last September. So she was there for a while. What would you, what's the longest hospital stay that she's had to do? The heart transplant, that whole process was the longest. 10 months. Yeah. Wow. It's a, a lot of time to be enclosed behind these four walls. <laughs> yes, very yeah. much. And it, it, it can definitely drive it. I, I know it drew, drove me insane just being in the hospital, but for Kylie, I can just imagine if she's the patient, um, what they're doing to her um, and what she has to go through, all these tests, all these labs, every day waking up to the, something having to be done to her body um, because she's preparing herself for a heart transplant. Yeah. And when, so when you guys were having the transplant, I know you had to make a bunch of decisions kind of about her care, like what medicine she should take. And so how involved are you actually able to be or allowed to be in decisions like when she can come off a med, be put on a med, when she should get a procedure like a heart cath or? So I'm just very connected with my, with her doctors. Um, I just, if I feel like there's something that, um, hey, she's having a reaction to this, um, can we try to see, can we, can we, can we get the medicine down? Cause you know, I don't have a degree, you know, they have degrees. They, they do this as a, as a living and I, I trust her doctors. Um, but it's, it's all about advocating for your children. So if you start seeing signs and you see something's going on, yes, speak up, say something. Don't, I, I don't sit there. I'm not going to sit there and allow her to go through. If I see she's in pain and there's a medication that she's on and I don't feel like it is helping her with this pain. I'm going to speak up for her. She, she doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Me and her are both going through this together. She doesn't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. So we're both learning. And I'm very big on reading on the medications, learning about the medications, learning what is this medication for? Um, So we can all be on the same page. Yeah. You're a great advocate. And you do, it sounds like you do a lot of research and stuff like that before making a decision. And I imagine that would be sort of one of the hardest things is processing difficult news um, and just understanding sort of complex medical issues. Like the heart, the heart is so complicated to me. I can't imagine. I mean, you must be an expert in your own way, uh, just from your own research and what you've learned. Um, but I mean, that must all be hard processing news like that, understanding her condition, what's going on uh, while seeing your child suffer. How are you able to make decisions in the moment, decisions like that? How do you prepare for that? It's, it's very challenging because it's not something that is just so simple to do. Um, it's more so like thinking before reacting. Um there's something, it's been plenty of times where I have told, I've been told as a parent, like with the situations that go on with Kylie and her heart issues and her health issues, something simple as I remember she got uh, pneumonia. I was simply visiting um, family relatives up in um, Alabama. And she was like around like two or three years old. And I remember she caught pneumonia like out of nowhere. I don't know, it was around springtime. She was doing fine and she caught pneumonia. We went to the hospital in Alabama and then they, she was so sick that they said that we needed to send her to New Orleans Children's Hospital by helicopter. But they didn't think she was going to make it by helicopter to New Orleans. So they said, well, we can send her to Birmingham, um, but, it, you know, 
we just crossed our fingers that she can make it because the pneumonia was really attacking her immune system. It was very, it was very much affecting her. Um, and it's very scary because I had to choose in that moment. They said, we can either send her by helicopter, cross her fingers that she is going to be able to make it over that way because that's a hospital that we go to all the time and I trust the doctors or I can go to Birmingham well, I don't know no one. I don't have family out there. I have no connections whatsoever. And I'm just trusting them with my child. And it's their, their first, that's their first time encountering Kent Kylie. Um, so I just prayed about it. I told them, I said, give me a few, few minutes. Let me think on it. Let me call some family. Let me get some advice. Um, and I just sat there in a the moment and I just closed my eyes and I, I looked at Kylie and I had to had kind of what what would I want them to do if it was me and I realized Kylie needed quick care even though it was by helicopter something told me to just send her to Birmingham and I did my little research within five minutes five to ten minutes while they were trying to get everything connected like hey I need to get the ambulance over here and stuff and while they're doing all that I'm looking up USA. I'm looking up University of, um, I'm looking up uh, the Birmingham Hospital and stuff, and I'm reading all about their doctors. I'm reading about Carly. I'm skimming and skimming through everything I can find to figure out where is Kylie going. So when I get there, I'm prepared. Um, meanwhile, I'm also having like a mini panic attack, but I'm I'm trying to put my I'm trying to get it together so I can get everything sorted and be confident for Kylie because she's scared to actually take a moment and do your research, do a little bit of research and consults other people too, which is great because, I mean, I would think a lot of parents would think that, you know, they're kind of resp responsible for fixing everything or they want to fix everything. So it's really great that you're, you know, reaching out and consulting others. And, you know, I, you consult with uh, Kylie too, don't you? I do. She's really involved in her care. Kylie will tell me, I, I will ask Kylie, and if she is up to it to speak, if she is verbal at the time, I will ask her, Kylie, what do you think? Do you want to do this or do you want to do that? And then if she does not understand, understand, I will break it down to her. Simple, Something so simple, like as the transplant process is going on, um, there are times when they would take, um, when you have to clean the bandage, that's under the, the tubing for the milrinone that, that was in her chest. She didn't like the cleaning process. She would scream. She would have to be held down. They would have to do the burrito method. It was very scary. And I would ask Kylie and the nurses, I was trying to figure out what is the easiest way to get this done that wouldn't cause you as much pain because it's going to cause you pain regardless. But what, what can you tell me that is going to help you and she told me, I want to do it. And so that's when we started doing the YouTube videos with the nurses. Um, the nurses was like, um, this, this will actually be a great idea. She can show other children that it's okay to help the nurses. Um, it's, it's okay to not be afraid of getting labs done. It's okay of not being afraid. And they actually, they had um, TVs in every room and they actually would put her videos on the TV so other children could watch her. And I think her doing that, knowing that she was showing other kids it is okay not to be scared, 
it made her not scared anymore as well. Um, so yes, I def I definitely do not mind asking Kylie, and if I do not ask her, she does not mind telling me herself. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's great in the fact that you're kind of giving her control over a little bit of the situation, which I think would help quite a bit versus just having all of this stuff being done to you versus you being able to say like, okay, now we can do this or let me do this. Or I imagine that would help just calm the nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Even just rubbing, like laying by her while things are being done. Like she'll tell me, mommy, can you sit by me while I'm, I'm getting my bandage changed? Can you sit by me while they're, they're poking me in my leg, poking me in my arm. And you have to just sit there and hold her and rub her and let her know it is okay. And she'll tell me, mommy, it hurts. Okay, I'll talk to the nurse. Can we do it this way? Can we do it that way? Um, just speaking up for Kylie. Um, not to say the nurses won't listen to your child. Um, but you just you just want to have their back. Is there anything that you would, I don't know, that you could tell parents that are maybe that have a hard time making those kind of in the moment decisions that you could tell them to help them just get through it and process what's going on. Yeah, honestly, just go with your gut and you're not going to know everything. There are going to be like, like I go through there are going to be decisions where you don't know. You don't even know what decision to make. You might be 50, 50 on this decision and 50, 50 on that decision. Um, if you pray, pray about it. If you need to meditate on it, if you need to talk to your child, if you need to talk to your spouse or your relative, if you're, if you're alone, talk to the nurses, um, get that connection with that nurse, get the connection with the doctor, ask them, what do they recommend? If they have stats, give them, let them give you stats, let them give you a record of how this hospital is, how they treat their patients, read up on the hospitals that your children attend. Read up on um, the, the the rates and stuff. Like, just educate yourself on what you're going through, especially if you're alone. If you feel like you're alone and you feel like you're uncomfortable to reach out to people, the one thing you can do is educate yourself on it. Read up on it. Um, and just trust the process. Trust and have faith. And if you stay positive, children, they, they, they feed off of that positivity. When they're going what they're going through, if they see mommy and daddy or grandma and grandpa just crying and stuff, and there's nothing wrong with it, but you want to be that role model for them because they're going through that. So just just feeding that positive energy to them, saying, baby, it's going to be okay. It, it, everything's going to be all right. You do want to be that kind of role model and a positive influence on your child when they're going through something like that. But I think yeah. to be able to do that, you have to really you have to take care of yourself. You do. <laughs> yeah. And I'm listening to, you know, what you're saying and what we're talking about with decisions. And it's just making me think of, you know, from the moment that you wake up to the moment that your head hits the pillow at night, your day is full of responsibility, responsibilities of things like taking care of Kylie, managing her meds, making decisions. Like we're talking about treatments, therapies, medical appointments, school, finances. I mean, that's so much. That's got to be so stressful. Was there, would you say that there was a defining moment when you thought, whoa, back up here, you know, I need to prioritize myself for a bit. Was there like a moment that you just had that realization and realized like, I have to stop 
what I'm doing right now and just take a moment to breathe. Yes. So perfect, perfect example. Um, while Kylie was going through this heart transplant process, she was going through first grade and I had to decide whether to immediately hold her back from first grade or try to homeschool her while she's in the hospital. It was such a hard decision because I'm mentally, I'm already just drained from having to leave. I had to leave my apartment from Houston, pack everything up, go out to Houston, find somewhere to stay, find a charity that would allow us to stay um, until we got into the hospital, getting transportation, figuring out, figure, I'm, not, I'm not working. I had to give up my job, figuring out how to, to keep us afloat until we get into the hospital so I can feed myself, so I can also take care of my youngest daughter. On top of that, I'm teaching homeschool. It was so hard to teach. And you have a nurse or a doctor coming in, oh, I'm so sorry, I have to get labs. Oh, I'm so sorry, we, we have to stop what we're doing because she needs to get an echo done. We need to do an EKG. And it, it was like, I couldn't get a break. And on top of that, I'm also trying to take care of myself. I never had time for myself. And that's when I realized, whoa, like maybe we need to space out the homeschooling. Maybe we need to do certain days for certain subjects so we can still have time for ourselves. Even if it's just me and her just watching a movie together, I, I took the opportunity um, just to kind of just relax. Um, and it started helping. I started doing different techniques to kind of, get my mental together because I felt like I was going into a deep hole and it was just, everything was evolving around Kylie and I was forgetting about myself. Yeah. Well, I like what you said there about taking the steps, kind of scheduling things out and yeah, saying we'll do this and then this and that, cause that's got to help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're in the hospital though, uh, I mean, what does self-care look like in the hospital? Because you've been there for 10 months before, almost like a year. Mm -hmm. How do you find the time and what does it look, what does self-care look like in the hospital? So a lot of hospitals will, a lot of nurses, hospitals, they will let you know, hey, we have a mommy room. Hey, we have resources for our parents. Um, they, a lot of times, even parents who are breastfeeding, they have like their own little mommy room or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's like, it's like, it's away from everybody. Like you, you can't get to it um, because they're breastfeeding or they're just trying to have time for themselves to pump. I found a mommy room and I spoke to the nurse and I said, Hey, even though I'm no longer breastfeeding, even though I'm not even feeding a, a baby, can I use this mommy room? And she said, yeah, because, I told her I was, she, she would see me and they would come in there and say, mom, have you ate? Mom, have you been sleeping? And you could tell I was not sleeping. I was not eating. I was staying awake. So I took the time and um, would go in there and I found in there, there was a massage chair. So I would go in there and sit in the massage chair, turn on a little massage music and just relax and just breathe. Meanwhile, I'm still texting Kylie, making sure she's okay. But I'm still, I'm still in a chair. I'm relaxing, doing stuff like that. Even um, having like a cold word and something so simple. If you don't even have like a, 
a room to go to, um, like saying something like um, calm down or relax or something that's positive. You can say um, have faith or you can do it. And if you just say that for like two to 10 minutes, just keep repeating that to yourself and repeating that to yourself, that will, you will start believing it and it won't relax you. Doing stuff like that or um, journaling. I used to journal. Um, and then I also found out that they had a library in the hospital. Even though it was a children's hospital for children, I would go in there and I would see um, coloring books and stuff for also adults. And I would just turn on my ear my little AirPods and just color and relax. And then the main thing is sleep. If you have the opportunity to sleep, go to sleep. Like, Did you she, struggle with sleep though? Because I think your brain would just be wired. Was it hard to fall asleep or stay asleep? I'm a light sleeper because of the hospital. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but yeah, it was hard to sleep, but I kind of had to just sleep through it. I knew my body knew when to wake up, when it was time to wake up. Um, and even if it means just sleeping right by the bed, if you have to grab that hospital chair and scoot it right next to the bed, so you have the comfort in knowing that, okay, well, at least I'm sleeping right by her to be sure she's okay. Just do it and then go to sleep. Or if you were like me when I was 16 and I was just crazy scared, I would get in the bed and lay right next to her and just go to sleep. Get the sleep. You need it. I promise you, you you're going to need it. It is a lot dealing with just beep, 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 all these machines. And it it, it, it is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like what you, that's so cool. that They have a massage chair in the hospital. That is yeah, so is. cool. And then a <laughs> library. I didn't know that they had stuff like that. And they've got... Yeah, because you think of children's hospital that most of the stuff is geared towards the children and helping them and like child life specialists and games and things like that. But that's so cool that they have like a library for you and coloring books, adult coloring books and things like that. Yeah, that's, you can reach out to your child life specialist. And that's what I did also with Kylie. She had a child life specialist and they would take her out the room when there were times where she could leave. And she would go out there with a little oxygen and a marijuana hooked up and she would walk down to the hallway and she'll go in there. At first, I used to follow her every single time. But I learned, like, I had to just believe Kylie was going to be okay. And I trusted her with a child life specialist. And I would take the time out, even if it was just for 15 minutes that she had with her. Just sit in the room and just breathe and enjoy your time. And, um, yeah, that's what I would do. Take advantage of the time when you're by yourself. That's perfect. That's. Did you ever feel guilty for doing something like for taking time for yourself, like, oh, I should be here for Kylie all the time. I yes. shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I when I first when I first got out there and it was really, really bad, um, I would leave the room. And that's happened to me before. I have a bad habit because it happened to me before when I was 16 doing it, when Kylie went through the three open heart surgeries. Um, I wouldn't leave, I wouldn't eat. And I would just sit by the bed. I wouldn't even get up. Like, you probably see me go to the restroom and then come right back. I wouldn't get up. I wasn't leaving the room. And a nurse would have to come in there and say, Mom, go downstairs and walk and, walk and see the cafeteria. Walk and see the lobby. Walk and there's other parts of the hospital. They have activities. I'm like, I can't leave my kid. She can't do the activities. If she can't do it, I don't want to do it. And that was my mindset at the time. 
But that's when I realized I need to learn how to take advantage of my time, especially if I have that connection with the nurses. Kylie had a connection with every nurse she encountered. They would sit in there. I would come. It would be times I'll go downstairs to go grab me something to eat, and I'll come back up. And the nurse and Kylie, they're in there braiding baby doll hair, talking about life, talking about school, having that connection with that nurse. And that was very big. And I trusted her nurses. Her, I loved her nurses. Was, would there be anything that you would tell a parent who is struggling with the idea of self-care and taking time for themselves? Is there anything that you can think that they should maybe tell themselves or just know about, you know, it's okay. It's okay to take five minutes to just go walk around the halls. It's okay to, you know, go to the library and pick out a book. It's okay to go to the garden, just sit out there and just meditate for five, 10 minutes. Is there anything that you can say for people that are struggling with, I just feel selfish doing this. I just don't feel like this is right. Yes. Your your child means the world. And with that being said, if you have to, if if you're pushing to your child, everything's going to be okay. You're trying to be that role model. You have to take care of yourself first as well. Because you can't take care of them if you're not taking care of yourself. And that is something very, very big. Um, And your your child, they, they, they see everything. They watch everything. And if they see you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you're, you got bags under your eyes because you're stressed out. You're, you're not expressing how you're feeling. You, you don't have no one to speak to. Um, and it, it's just draining you and you just feel alone. They see that. You're in that room with them 24-7. And I promise you, they're going to pick up on everything you're doing. They're, they're going through way worse. They're going through pain pain that they don't deserve at all, pain that they didn't ask for. And they need to see that mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa, they're okay. If they're telling themselves if they can be okay, I can be okay. And it's just all about setting that 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 positive setting in that room. Decorate the room. You can go and see, hey, go to the child love specialist and go to the child library. Say, do you have any decorations in there? It's just really dull in here. I um so so thankful for the team Kylie supporters because they would send things to Kylie and Kylie loved Jojo Siwa. So <laughs> we would get Jojo Siwa um wall stickers and we would decorate the room and get wall stickers and it, it created a more positive energy. She didn't feel like she was just in a hospital twenty four seven. I would get her homeschooling stuff and put it all over the wall. So it wasn't just like we're just having flashcards in her face and there's nothing something that's going to make her feel like she's at home, even though she's not at home. Yeah. Cause I mean, it is kind of a home when you, yeah. when you are there for that long. So that's great to, or nice that you're able to, to put stickers on the wall or just decorate. And that's a good, I mean, that's kind of self-care in a way too, just spending time on that and just being creative and expressing yourself and designing the room. Yeah. And with what you're saying, you know, you really do. I mean, your kids can see when you're wearing yourself thin and you help your child more by spending that extra time on you. And so it is, it's, it's very important to pay attention and care for yourself, uh, not just because of that, but you know, it also, by doing that, it helps you adapt to changes, make smarter decisions, recover from setbacks, things like that. So, yeah. 
So if you're a parent out there, don't feel guilty for doing it. You need, you need some me time. Yes. Yeah. So it's been great talking with you. Uh, we are at time at time now. Um, is there a way for the parents that may want to follow and support you and Kylie, or maybe just reach out based on some of the stuff that they heard from you today? Maybe they have some questions or can relate and just want to say, thank you for saying that. I totally get that. Um, you know, how can they get in touch with you? So, yes, I am very open to speaking to anybody. I've had plenty of parents while I was going through this process myself, especially young parents, any age, they would reach out to me and say, oh, my God, my child is, she, she has a hole in her heart. How do I deal with this? And they would reach out to me. And I would simply, like, um, just talk to them. Even if I have to have a phone call with them, I would talk to them and, and tell them my experience, ask them what, you know, be that friend for them. Um, to, to make them feel like they're not alone. I'm very open to that. Um, but um, I go through everything with Team Kylie. And so she has a Facebook page, which is Team Kylie. Um, she also has a YouTube, which we vlogged her whole entire experience while she was doing the heart, going through the heart transplant. You'll see ups and downs throughout the entire video. Um, and then we also do TikToks. We did TikToks also. Um, just to have a little fun. And that was a big process with having self-care, realizing that we can still have fun in the hospital and not everything has to be so dreadful. And we started finding the fun in TikTok, making videos, just having some laughs. Um, and her TikTok is Team Kylie W. And her Instagram is Team Kylie as well, if anybody would like to follow her Instagram as well. And we still post. Um, we're still trying to get used to being back at home, of course, because it's a big transition going from 10 months in a hospital and then kind of like being very scared that we have to come back. But we are transitioning back to it and we'll be putting more videos out and I'm open for anybody reaching out to me. Yeah. Check out those videos, guys. I mean, don't <laughs> get me started on the TikToks. <laughs> That's where her personality and sass and everything sort of shines through. Yes. I love those. I love those TikToks. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I haven't really checked out her YouTube channel, so I'm going to have to do that. Yeah, definitely. Cause you share a lot of her journey ups and downs and things like that. Okay. So I definitely, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> yes. Go to her YouTube. It is, uh, her YouTube is called Kylie's world. My fault. Um, it's called Kylie's world, uh, K Y L E I G H Kylie's world. Um, and you'll see they have cooking videos. We have, uh, vlogs at the hospital. Um, you have activities. And there was this dog that she met, um, and her name, his name, her name was Bailey, and she was so sweet. And I'm all big about making connections with the nurses, with the staff there, and that's how we was able to get videos with Bailey, um, and you will see that on there as well. So is that a therapy dog at the hospital? Yes. Yeah. Cool. She was so sweet, and we actually we miss her so much, and sometimes we we speak to her. Um, but yes, it's made us want a dog now, um, yeah. <laughs> meeting with Bailey. That's awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much again. And we, you and I will talk soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you for inviting me.